Welcome to Keeping Business Real, the podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordaff, and in four short years, I've built a thriving online business that supports our family. This podcast offers an honest and very real take on the reality of online business, strategies for growing yours, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I've got no time for BS. I'm all heart and all action. Let's keep it real. Hey, everyone. Super excited because I haven't spoken to my good friend, James Wedmore, for a little while. I'm missing... Look, I'm missing you, James, but I'm missing Laguna Beach probably a little bit more. (laughs) And your wife, Chelsea. Uh, I know. Better qualities of my life, yes. (laughs) But um, I'm really excited to talk today because you kind of... uh, Well, you've been my mentor for a number of years. and, And I... And when I think about what's changing in the landscape of online business or when I, when I think about what I need to, to do, who I need to be to grow my own business, I go back to a lot of things that I learned from you. And today, I would love to, for us to just have a bit of a chat about what's changing in the online landscape, like where you see things right now, and also some of those fundamental, they don't change, nail this stuff. Uh, and your your life and your business will improve kind of thing. So if we could just start off, I would love... And I'm, I'm talking to you as though everyone knows exactly who you are. <laughs> I've just realized that, um, that if people haven't heard from you, I don't know how that could happen if they've been on my email list or listened to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you um, are a really successful um, online business owner, it doesn't even really make sense. You've created a hugely successful business uh, and one that I really admire for the way that you've grown your team, grown, like established your message and the way that you show up and serve your students. All amazing. Uh, And really your focus is on creating digital CEOs. And that message appeals to me because I don't want to just be some blogger with a... a course. I want to create a business. So uh, your signature program is Business by Design and I've been a member of your Inner Circle Mastermind and both of which have truly transformed not only my business but my life. Mm. So that's just your uh, little spin on James but you guys are about to hear a lot more from him. So can we talk about mm-hmm. the saturation? The um, Everybody's doing this. Um, you know, everyone's inboxes are filled with offers. There's no way to stand out. Uh, I don't know how to get seen. Uh, you know, organic reaches, like all of that, that story and that belief people have that there's no room for them to grow their own business online at the moment. Yeah. Saturation. My market's saturated. Okay. Gosh, this is going to sting. <laughs> I'm just going to warn you right now. If, that, if this is like something you're feeling... Uh, this is going to stink. First of all, I've been doing this for a really long time, uh, like 2007. So like the landscape 10 years ago, like, okay, it's 2019 right now. So 10 years ago, 2009, here's what everyone was saying. I don't see any examples of people doing this. There isn't anybody doing it. Therefore, it isn't possible. Fast forward today, 10 years later, what is everyone saying? Oh, everyone's already doing it. Therefore, it isn't possible. Make up your freaking mind on what your excuse is that's going to keep you in your comfort zone. Okay, because the fact is, is the people that did take a chance back then didn't listen to that stupid voice in our heads. We all have that stupid voice. Okay, that voice that says, stay safe, be rational, 
be in your comfort zone. Don't 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 risk everything. Don't put your neck out. Just stay safe. That voice that's trying to keep you there, that's not the voice that that's going to grow your business, okay? And so, look, things are always changing, okay? So, the, first of all, this whole idea of now it's a saturated marketplace. First of all, it's a saturated mindset because first of all, you cannot actually measure saturation anyway. So there's no way to prove it. It's an opinion. It's a judgment. It's an interpretation based on your personal experience. Unfortunately, it's coming from a lack mindset because we are saying something is saturated. We're saying there's already too many people doing something. Therefore, there's not enough for me. That's called lack. And lack is an illusion. Lack does not actually exist. Now, some people will get this. Most people will not get this and you won't agree with me. But it's an illusion. We live in an absolute abundant universe. There are 1,100, at least in the US, I think it's US, uh, I actually don't know. So you have to Google it. But there's 1,100 new millionaires created every single day. More millionaires today created than any time ever before in the history of modern history when there was like money and stuff, right? So don't tell me that we live in a lack world or universe or planet where there's less and less money. Like there's this fixed finite pie. The government keeps printing money and people keep making it. And there's more today making it than ever before. So to say something is saturated, we, we can't actually prove that. What is happening, and this is a far more better interpretation to put on it, is the market is becoming more sophisticated. That is not the same thing as saturated. Saturated means there's less for you to go around. That ain't true because I've been doing this for 12 years and I'm making far more today than I was 12 years ago and there were far less people. In fact, even just in the entrepreneurship realm, there are 550,000 new business owners starting businesses every single month. month. That's a lot of people. Yes, this is a Forbes com statistic that you can go Google. That's what they predicted. Even if they were grossly off, even if there's only 100,000 per month, that's a lot of new people, right? So the market's getting bigger. The e-learning and online education industry is freaking booming. And it's predicted to hit... It's like $225 uh, billion by 2022. And this is US dollars. Okay? So it's booming. But what is happening is it's sophisticated. In other words... People are savvy. People know what's up. And if you're doing something that might have worked two years ago or learning and, and creating strategy that worked two years ago, it may not necessarily be as effective as it is today. But sophistication, market sophistication, which is the level of awareness and understanding and intelligence of the audience is not the same thing as market saturation. And we cannot confuse these. And so, yeah, something I really pride myself on is uh, making sure to stay on top of that curve, to zig when others are zagging, to see what's coming and um, change with the market. right? And that's the thing is most people are unwilling to do that. Most people are just like reactive right? They're like reacting to problems instead of uh, being in front of them. And the last thing I'll say here, and then we can get into anything else you want to go over, is 
we have to remember is if you are an entrepreneur, the very nature of entrepreneurship is to solve problems, not to crumble at them. We solve problems, which means you better get darn good at being with a problem, being in a problem and experiencing a problem because that's what separates an entrepreneur from everyone else. When everyone else sees problem, the entrepreneur sees opportunity. And here's the, the basic final thing to hopefully finally silence, at least, at least for this episode, that, that negative monkey mind voice in our heads that's saying, no, it's the end of times and the sky is falling and blah, 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 blah. And it just keeps going and going and going. The fact is, is anybody who wants to create any type of coaching, membership, course, digital content, whatever, every single person who does that is in the problem removal business. Maybe you've heard that before. You are in the problem removal business. In other words, people do not pay for courses. They don't pay for coaching. They don't pay for memberships. That's why so many people are freaking out and struggling and, and experiencing such an uphill battle with this is they're trying to sell a course. No one wants a course. They want their problem solved. And if you're not showing that you solve a problem and provide a solution or a transformation, people aren't going to pay. Your ideal customer, your prospects, your clients aren't lying in bed at night, wishing and dreaming and saying, I just wish there was an online course for me. I just wish I had more PDFs and training videos. And I, I hope they're, they're really well formatted too, with pretty logos and fonts. That's what I need. No, 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 no. And the fact is, it's hardwired in our DNA that humans will have problems for the rest of time. Those are, that's not going away. I don't foresee in the next 100 years, at least 100 years, of everyone on the planet all of a sudden transcending the human condition and becoming enlightened masters where no longer problems exist. We will all experience problems. It's part of the human condition. Problems will always exist. And as long as problems always exist for people, there will always be the opportunity to you as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, get paid to solve those problems. The thing is, people get more hip, they get more savvy, they get more sophisticated. That's what's happening. And we've just got to stay ahead of the curve. We got to get better at our strategy. We got better at our execution, our marketing, our messaging, and the way we communicate what it is that we sell. For example... This is the last thing, and then I'll shut up. So, so Lisa can ask going, me. Basically, I'm just. I'm but here's the A hundred years ago, you remember that the whole thing, like a snake oil salesman. Where that comes from is like a hundred years ago. In like, yeah, again, I'm making this up. None of this is actually true, but conceptually, in theory, it did exist. There's some guy who would go like from town to town in the old west with like a, a wagon, and he would like have like snake oil, and he would say like weight loss secrets. Here you go. It's like, want to lose weight? Just drink this. And yeah, it was like a total scam. It wasn't real. <laughs> but back then, 100 years ago, that level of market sophistication is like, well, he has a logo and he's promised me, promising me I'll lose weight. Must, he can't be a liar. It must be true. right? Now today, if you saw a commercial, saw a book, you know, someone saying, here, lose 50 pounds tomorrow, we all our BS meters go off, right? So that's what we mean by sophistication. People have a higher level of a lower tolerance and a higher BS meter, right? And so it's just about noticing that. 
knowing your audience means knowing where the level of sophistication they are and speaking to that. Right? Like one of the things I talk to is this exactly because this is where the market is at. And your message must match where your market is at. Otherwise, you're behind and they're going to go listen to someone who is at their level. I know that's still like conceptual, but hopefully, hopefully that no, makes sense. It, it totally makes sense. And I know, uh, you know, the market sophistication stuff, the thing that I always think about is when the first person introduced toothpaste and it was like, hey, look, there's toothpaste and you put it on your teeth and it makes them minty fresh and it cleans them and you don't get holes in your teeth. And everyone's like, what? That is blowing my mind. But there was a level of education that had to happen about what toothpaste was and why you needed it. But then everyone else was like, I could sell that better toothpaste. And then suddenly it becomes about why your toothpaste is better and what makes your toothpaste different. And yeah, that's... I mean, I remember at the start of... I mean, I had, I'd ran my, my first program in 2014 and, and it was delivered via mail, an eight-week program, just emails in, and a Facebook group. And then I would send them links to Vimeo. Like it was <laughs> basic. It was yeah. not even on a website. Like you, I don't know if you can get away with that kind of thing for a... But, you know, I've seen people start off and just run a program in a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And just keep everything in there. Like, just you can Simple. just get started in so many easy ways. Like, there's so the barrier to entry is so low right now. But yeah. I, you know, I can remember having to explain to people what a what a webinar was. You know, so you just have to you have to give me your email address, <laughs> and I'll send you a link. And what happens is you click on that, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna appear on your screen. And I'm going to be in my house <laughs> live. And it was like, whoa. But you don't have to do that these days. People know exactly, like people know more what they're in for. But when you were talking like that, I was thinking about the people who were going, that's fine, James. Yeah, James. Um, I get it. Um, there's room for everyone. But no one sees my Facebook posts and no one sees like my Instagram is growing so slowly and I only got two people into my program and you know, it just feels so hard. So Mm. what would you say to that? Uh, Because I've always, I think I've always taken this kind of long-term view and lead with service, just kind of help people and see where that takes me. Yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of people want those instant results and they're instant. So what would you kind of say to the people who are like, okay, I can see, I want a piece of that $225 billion pie. Sure, mm. I, I know stuff, I can help people, but no one sees my shit. Like, help me. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get to that. But something else that came up to me too, as well as like going back to the saturation piece is like, you know, the, the other thing to consider too is that we tend to see just through our perspective and just say that that's the world, the way the world is. And we all do that to some extent. And so, you know, if you're interested in like how to start an online business and how to learn more about that, then all of a sudden you're on like all these people's email lists because they're all people that know how to find their ideal audience and you're their ideal audience. And so overnight, you're like, all these emails in my inbox, right? But have you ever considered that there's all these other niches that like, don't have the saturation as a you know I put in air quotes the saturation that you're experiencing. They don't have the competitors. They don't have even have the sophistication. Like we have students and members of Business by Design 
that are in some of the most bizarre niches that I had no idea existed. And in some of these niches, they're the only ones doing it and they're crushing it. Uh, we have one of our members who uh, she is in the get this how to make authentic Victorian corsets. It's costume apparel <laughs> for people who are like in plays and stuff. No joke. And, and she has a multiple six-figure membership teaching corset making. And for anyone who's got that voice in their head saying, but I'm not the expert. I'm not the best in the world. She wasn't either. And she created a membership and then attracted the experts to come in and contribute content. Like, OMG, right? We have people in, in some of the most amazing niches like food canning, meditation, uh, spirituality, you know, obviously like health and fitness, relationship advice, but then like very specific niches like Christian singles looking to marry a Christian man, like they're Christian Prince Charming, right? Like very specific. And she's probably the only person doing this and, um, you know, crushing it, right? I think her first launch did like $10,000. So that's something to keep in mind too. Okay. So now let's jump into your question, which is like, all right, but I'm doing all the things and no one's paying attention. No one's following me. I'm not growing. Here is another very tough pill to swallow. And um, this is where I feel like people have just been misled, let down, and led to believe that some tool like Instagram or a Facebook group or a Facebook page is going to automatically grow your business. And the fact is, no platform, like not a podcast, not Instagram, not a Facebook group, not Facebook ads, none of that. No platform, no tool is ever, ever, ever going to be responsible for your audience growth. Because for every person that you see that has a million followers or whatever on the Instagram or the big Facebook group or the massively downloaded podcast, how many people do we see with no views, no members, no downloads, and no followers? Right? The platform is not the thing that's doing the work. If you want to build a following, if you want to attract an audience, it always comes back to you. Am I being a leader? Am I saying, doing, creating, and showing up in such a way that I'm creating something worth following? And sadly, unfortunately, this is the question that no one, most the most people that are not building an audience never, ever ask. They're sitting there saying, how do I get a following? 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 When you should be asked, should be asking, How do I lead? How do I lead? How do I lead? How do I create content that pushes the envelope, that disrupts my marketplace, that is worth following? What do people want? What do they need? That That's where it all starts. That's the nucleus of it all. Because the fact of the matter is I can take my content and I can put it anywhere. I could, it, and that's 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 the point here. Is look, I look at all the options I have to grow an audience. I've got like a podcast. I've got Instagram. I got a Facebook group. I got a Facebook page. I got YouTube. I'm sure there's a bunch of other stupid stuff out there. There's all kinds of tools. They're just tools, right? It's like going to a, an architect or a, a contractor or a builder and uh, giving them tools, but they've got a really crappy blueprint. Right? If you have a, it doesn't matter what tools you have. It doesn't even matter if you have the right tools and the best tools. If you got, if you have no plan for the dream home, you're not going to build the dream home. 
And and so it always comes back to that. So I look at my stuff and I'm I look at my message. I look at what I'm sharing and what I'm putting out there. It doesn't really matter where I put it out there. I could be doing weekly Facebook lives or a podcast. I could be doing Instagram or a Facebook page or a group or a YouTube channel. It does not matter. It is the message that will attract the audience. What is that message? And if you're just sharing vanilla instead of Rocky Road, if you're just trying to share stuff that you hope everyone's going to agree with, if you're just regurgitating what's already been said, what's already common knowledge, again, market sophistication, you're just telling them more of what they already know. Could you, would you follow account, uh, an account that shares content on the fact that the, um, the Earth is round and the Sun is the center of our solar system? Would we need to follow that? I mean, it's a stupid, simplistic example, but would we need to follow that? Whoa, 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 this is revolutionary. No, we follow the people. (laughs) We follow leaders because leaders challenge the status quo. They lead the market. They have new ideas and new perspectives and they're contradictory. They're controversial. But most people are, you know still in their comfort zone and they're they're in too much fear too much worry that they don't want to create controversy they don't want the criticism they don't want the judgment so what do they do they pull their punches and they share content that is vanilla that that doesn't ruffle any feathers that doesn't rock the boat and i'm not saying be controversial for controversial sake but if you're just sharing the same thing that everyone else is sharing why would anyone follow you anyway? We have to create something that's worth following. We have to be a leader, share new ideas and new perspectives if we want people to follow us. Yeah, and absolutely. That takes that takes freaking courage. It does take courage. And you know what? The social media stuff is the thing that I've held on to uh, doing myself to the detriment of my business because... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that sometimes outside perspectives um, and people with fresh eyes, like we're so close to our stuff. We're so close to our story. We so think that because we started the following, you know, for people who have been in the game for a while, that we're the only ones who can speak the language and do the thing. And I know definitely for me that the next the next evolution of the business, well, it is involving um, getting more help with that messaging. Like it's all a bit like, boring right now. It has been probably for a little while. But I wanted to ask you, I wonder whether there's almost like a step before this. And of course, it comes down to to mindset. But that's the, the issue that I see with a lot of um, online business owners. And that is fear, uh, fear of judgment, which I think you, you um, tapped into a little bit. But literally like difficulty with being visible. So you're you're talking to the people who, you know, are conf- who have already got that inbuilt confidence to show up. But do you think that there's something that has to happen, a block that needs to be removed <laughs> to give people, like give themselves permission to actually be seen, to be consistent, to actually say anything at all? Like, well, it's like marketing the- is kind of... Oh, oh go you, ahead. You go. Well, here's the thing. Everyone has confidence. It's just are you accessing it? You know, you're, um, you're, you're, you don't lack confidence when you talk to your kids, right? You don't lack confidence when you're tying your shoes. So we all know 
what confidence is. We all have experiences in our lives of feeling that state of confidence. But for most people, um, how we experience confidence is the state in the present moment that we have, whether it is a lot of confidence or a lack of confidence, primarily based on our expectations of the future. In other words, when someone feels a lack of confidence in a certain area, chances are it has to do with their perceived beliefs and predictions about how things are going to go. Right? So for example, if you think something... If you are uncertain of how something's going to go and, and, and you don't like... Uncertainty could mean like it could end up really bad. For example, people say they have a fear of public speaking. So you could ask them, okay, you're about to go speak on stage. Do you feel a lot of confidence right now or a lot? Oh, lack of confidence, right? Well, that means they are believing and expecting how it's going to go. I'm very uncertain. And then, of course, they probably lean towards the worst case scenario, which is, oh my goodness, I'm going to freeze up there. People are going to be watching me and judging me. And that's going to be bad, right? We go into this worst case scenario, right? Um, so changing our internal representation of how we think things are going to go can drastically have an effect on, on our confidence levels in, in an instant. So, um, we, but we all have access to that confidence. And we've all felt it before. It's just beginning to change our relationship with a few things. So the first one is this idea of like, okay, I'm going to put this thing out here, but I'm nervous. Right? I have a lack of confidence because I don't know how people are going to receive it. Well, who cares how they receive it? Why does that matter so much to us? Why do we need everybody to like our stuff? Why do we need everyone to agree with us? Why do we need everyone to send us compliments? That's all stuff of the ego. The ego is like, I need to be validated. I need to be right. And I need to look good. No, you don't. Who cares? All that, all that matters in terms of opinions are your own opinions for yourself. So if you know that you're speaking your truth and this is what's on your heart and it's on your mind and you want to share it and you love yourself and you are happy with yourself, then why would a complete stranger on the internet who's probably having a bad day anyways, why would what they say about you have more power than what you choose to say about yourself? Right. So the way I operate, and unfortunately, everyone listening, if starting an online business or reaching more people or running that membership and that coaching program and that online course, if that's something that you're that you're absolutely committed to, you're gonna have to do this at one point or another. And hopefully you'll just do this today because it's so easy. It's so simple. It's not easy. Sorry, it's simple. Simple makes it easier, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's easy. But every time you go to put that piece of content out there, every time you go to share that message or share your truth, we need to do it from a new directive, a new objective. And it's, is this going to help even just one person? The fact is, these people that when they say that I don't have the confidence to put myself out there, blah, blah, blah. Here's what you're really saying. What you're really saying is what people think of me is more important than changing and saving someone's life. And if that's where you've been operating from, you've got to get real with yourself right now. Is that true? That your reputation... How many people like you? How good you look to strangers on the internet is more important 
than saving someone's life. And an exercise I take my students through is, uh, and I can just kind of give you guys an example of this right now, is if you can imagine that you're on a beach and it's a secluded beach, you're the only one on the beach, and all of a sudden you hear someone screaming, you hear someone ca- calling and crying for help, and you look out in the water and you see that someone's drowning. And you look around, you're the only one there. So you are the only person that can save this person's life. Now, in that moment, if this was a real scenario for you, what would you do? Are you the type of person that would not save their life because you're more concerned about what other people would think of you? Right? Are you the, are you the type of person that's, that would hesitate and not help them? Or are you going to make a beeline and do whatever you can to try and save this person's life? When I'm a pro, when I'm in my business, like, cause I'm still normal James, you know, like I have my life and I have my friends and I have my ego and all that type of stuff. But when I'm opening that laptop, when I'm in the business, when I'm working, it's that decision, that choice moment by moment. Is this for ego? Like I got to look good or sound smart? Or is this because this could save one person's life? This could make the difference from one person. And that's where, I, that's where I operate from. And what I'm getting at is that's what everyone will have to operate from. Uh, because when you make this bigger than you, which it is, you are helping people. You are changing their life in some level, whether it's a relationship, their energy, their health, their financial situation, something. You give them a richer experience in life, which has a ripple effect. It changes the quality of their relationships with the, their loved ones. Changes their think about that if you just change someone's financial status, what that type of impact has on someone's life. You, I mean, there is so much on the line and it is bigger than you. And the moment you're operating towards something that's bigger than you, all the little stuff about you gets squashed immediately. That big voice in your head that's saying, Who are you to do this? And what do you think you're doing? And you realize what they'll say, they're gonna think you're stupid and you're an idiot. That voice becomes so small and insignificant. Because you know that there's something bigger that you're here to do. And it's everyone that I've worked with that has gone on to be extraordinarily successful and the peers, the mentors, those that I've looked up to, that's where they're all operating from. So yeah, we can, we can activate something. We can remove these blocks. We can do all this healing. We can spend years and go for it. Absolutely do it. But the big magic delete key is that when you have a North Star of vision that is so big and so bright and it's something bigger than you and you're choosing moment by moment to operate from that vision, that's what overpowers any of the fears, any of the worries, any of the anxiety, any of the stuff of the ego. And it's choice moment by moment. And here, that's a hard thing to hear because like when I started, I just wanted to get paid. right? I was like, I just, yeah, just want to make some money on the internet. And I, and I struggled for five years. For five years, um, I was just telling somebody recently that four years into my business, my annual revenue was like $22,000. Four years, 14-hour days, <laughs> like doing this every day. I struggled more than most people do. And today, that's a lot of what my vision is about is somebody who's really committed to this. You love teaching. You love helping people. You got a big heart. I, I just want to make sure that your journey is not as <laughs> arduous and as long as mine is. If I can shorten your journey then that's a win in my book, right? Because if you had a choice of this, this is you're like, you burn your bridges, you commit, you're like, this is what I want to do. Would you rather spend four years doing it? Wouldn't it be nicer if you could cut it down to three, to two, 
18 months, maybe a year, you know, heck yes, right? Get get helping people even faster. So um, yeah, I hope that answers your your question. But again, when I started, it was just about the money. It was just about I want to make money. And, the, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I struggled for so long. Because I wasn't able to take the advice that I'm giving out now, which I was like, well, I really don't want to look bad. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to do it wrong. I don't want people to criticize me. I had no idea how much that was holding me back. Can I ask one more thing before we finish? And it's sort of on the on the back of this is um, because I hear 100%. But I feel like for me, I had experienced a certain level of success by, you know, by putting myself out there and serving people and helping and showing up and just being committed to the growth of myself and my business. But it wasn't until this year when I experienced what it felt like to not only serve, but to serve at the highest level of me. So not not just to make the money and keep doing the things that, that work or that have worked before, but I pushed myself right outside my comfort zone and what it felt like, it was the most flowy, easy, beautiful, and my most high revenue launch ever because I felt like I was finally aligned with the thing that I was probably meant to be sharing. And it's taken me like a lot of throwing stuff, throwing shit at the wall and seeing what yeah. sticks was kind of the, how I've built my business. But now I feel like there's this other layer of ease that's come in when I've finally, when I've worked out like, how I guess alignment and also serving to like my current Lisa right now to my highest level. So I just thought, you know, if you could talk to that, um, really not only because nothing, when it flows, it flows is what I've experienced. Yes. yes. And that means the money flows too. It's all a the, strange all the thing. Money. All this time, James, yeah. all this time. And I just needed to. Well, like, here's the thing is like part of it is, yeah, like I love talking about the conversation of alignment. Um, but part of it too is understanding that it's a journey of discovering that alignment. Right. It's like going to a buffet and figuring out like... It's like if you went to a Las Vegas buffet, for anyone who's been to one of those, you know, it's like every type of food imaginable in one room. And you can have anything. You put anything on your plate. And like, what if all these foods are things you've never had before? The only way to know if you're going to love them is to try them. And so what we do is we try something, we don't like it at a buffet. We just go, nah, I didn't like it. Let's get something else. But in our life, like we just stick with it and we, we settle and then we, we put up with it and we suffer and we're like, I don't deserve this, but I'm just going to do it anyways. And we make ourselves miserable. And it's through that beautiful contrast of figuring out what you don't like, don't mm-hmm. love, that you discover and get closer to what it is that you do love. And that's when I realized that our emotions, which by the way, no one in school ever taught me what my emotions were. I mean, still to this day, I've never seen a public education system describe what your emotions are. And so I created a beautiful context that really transformed my life, which is that your your emotions are a language. And when you learn the language of your emotions, they become a guidance system for you. And so the ultimate guidance system is that, um, that emotion or feeling of what you could call love or joy. And you'll hear people saying things like this, like motivational speakers and all these people say things like, you got to do what you love. And it becomes so cliche. It comes something that's like, oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then we like go back to like hating our lives, right? <laughs> 
And like, hello, no, 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 no. This is so much more profound than most people are realizing. It took me a while before this hit me like a ton of bricks. People aren't saying do what you love because they're just like trying to tell you to do something that feels good. That's not, that's not what this means. Doing, do what you love because if you're not doing what you love, it means you're not doing what you were put here to do. It means you're out of alignment. So love is that ultimate or whatever, you know, that super high flying positive emotion of just joy and bliss. And like you feel it, you like click in and you're like, uh, can I do this all day, every day? Because it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't, time just seems to like disappear. You're just, you're in love with this thing that you're doing. You're at one with this, whatever it is, right? And that's the guidance system. And most of us aren't paying attention to it. You know, Einstein said something, I totally forget the quote, but he says, you know, we've, we've been raised in a society that, that praises the intellectual mind, the brain, and ignores the intuitive mind. And so we don't, we don't always listen to our emotions. We're not guided by that higher intuitive mind. And when you start tuning into that and paying attention, yeah, we might be doing all the right things. Like, I did a webinar, I did a funnel, why isn't it working? And it's like, what if, what if, what if you weren't here by accident? Now, again, this is where I throw in like my, my spiritual context, but it really helped me. What if, what if you're not here by accident? What if um, there's a reason why you're here? And you're either operating from that reason, alignment, you're either in that role that you were destined to fill, or you're not. And it's not about like, oh, tomorrow I got to go figure all that out. You know, that's a big, heavy thing to like really put on your shoulders. But what if every day was about discovering that? Like, all right, you're in line at the, the buffet and you're, you're going to figure out through contrast. What do I love? No, not this. How about this? No. Ooh, I'm getting closer. I'm getting warmer. And that's a beautiful discovery process. And it took me like five freaking years. And I got somewhere closer. And then it took me another three or four years. And then bam, clicked in on the deepest level possible. And you know what? It's also a moving target. It's going to move again for me. And it's my responsibility to pay attention to it. And it will move. And then I'm going to either be in alignment or not. So I hope that answers that question. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> I just I love this conversation. But also just that sense. Like I've always thought that the lessons are always in the launching and the lessons come through and you get to know like sitting there doing nothing or having your big idea and not taking any action towards it is the only thing that will keep you uh, from what you want. Like you have to I've worked it out through a process of elimination, I guess. And yeah. I love like being an entrepreneur because I can just keep I can just keep creating. I can keep like on this path and keep the evolution going. And it's that's that excites me. Like yeah. that my my growth is also the growth of my community and my students and all that kind of thing. So which feels like service for you know, it's just a beautiful thing. Well, and here's the other thing that I'm I'm sure is uh you'll notice, at least I can speak to myself for this. But as you look back at like the lowest points in your entrepreneurial journey or the biggest struggles, there's probably a sense of nostalgia. There's probably this sense of like, you wouldn't have it any other way. Like we really start to honor those trials, tribulations, that struggle, that that startup period. Is that is that true for you? Every single moment of pain in my whole life is beautiful and has been the most profound moment of growth for me. And if and anyone is my Yeah, and if anyone listening, they they most likely about things that in the past 
feel the same way. You look back at a time you went through that you're no longer going through anymore. And like, there's probably an immense sense of like gratitude or appreciation or hind, you know, that hindsight, like, wow, I really gleaned a lot. I learned a lot. I grew a lot. Yet, however, like we're going through some, if you're going through something now, because we all go through stuff, we all have problems. We don't tend to take that same perspective. And it's like, you realize one day, whatever you're going through right now, as crappy as it could totally be, um, and as much as we don't want anyone to go through anything crappy, there will be a time in your future where you will look back at this moment and have so much gratitude and appreciation and new perspective on it. Why wait? Right. Why you wait? can have that in the moment. I know. You can have that right now. You can say, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to learn, but I know I'm going to learn something. And you know what? This sucks, but nothing's permanent. And I'm going to get through this too. And you know, this applies to all of life, but I am speaking primarily to business. And the fact is, is like there is no such thing as a happily ever after in business. It's, it's constant unfolding of problem after problem after problem after problem. Every day is new problems. And until you master your ability to be with the problem, create new solutions, and see every problem as an opportunity, those problems just start to weigh on you until you're like, when, is, when am I going to get to my happily ever after? It's just never. It's just yeah. new challenges, new opportunities, new lessons, new growth, new possibilities. It's why parents are such ninja entrepreneurs. Mm, <laughs> like, they really are. Just, it's just the same thing. Um, thank you so much for this chat. Pretty yeah. much went way off a tangent that I never expected, but so good. So, so good. So it's we're going to be sending... Nothing less from me, Lisa. <laughs> I, I actually, I was like, do I need a plan for this podcast? I probably need <laughs> to know where to start and then we'll just go from there. Uh, but we're going to be sending everyone to watch your um, Rise of the Digital CEO series. Awesome. So exciting. I can't wait to see this version because every single time you just make it better and better and the value that comes out of it. Even for me, like I've been in this for a while now, but I always get so, so much out of it. So really excited to to have big reveal and uh, and get stuck in. Yeah, we're we're really excited about this. So thank, thanks for bringing it up. Um, we we uh, we released it last year, the Rise of Digital CEO, and uh, you know I have a video background and love making videos and storytelling and sharing our, our students' stories and stuff. And people said it was like the best training they'd ever seen last year. And this year, we just blew it out of the water. It's at a, it's at a whole nother level. So it's, uh, it's 8 videos. They're like short, binge-worthy, like 10-11 minutes. You watch the whole thing in a, in a single setting. Uh, and basically, what we did is, you know, as Lisa mentioned, like being a part of my mastermind, we've, we've had the privilege and opportunity now for 4 years to work with multiple six and now multiple seven-figure entrepreneurs as they take their business to the next level. And we basically say, what are the five things that each and every one of these digital entrepreneurs, or as we like to call them digital CEOs, all have in their business? How are they running it differently? Where so many of these individuals are today's industry leaders in, in all kinds of different markets from like art teaching to meditation and spirituality to... Uh, you know, uh, farming, like local farm, backyard farming and food canning. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that the niches and what is it that they have? What is it that they're doing? What is it that they're focusing on? And even more importantly, who is it that they're being? How are they showing up in their businesses? Uh, and we basically created an entire series for that. It's, um, it's controversial. It's counterintuitive. It's uh, what I like to call hashtag backwards. It goes against a lot of common sense and what you think 
is uh, what it really takes to grow in business is very different. And uh, we kind of love offering this very unique perspective when it comes to uh, growing an online business. And I appreciate you for that. And that's why I love sending people your way because no one else is saying it the way you are. And I feel so honored to know a lot of these people that you're talking about uh, and that you're sharing them with everybody because getting to know those people, being in the same room and the same space as those people had a profound impact on my life. And what I thought was possible for me was just blown out of the water by being in that vortex. And, you know, even just, you know, in BBD, in the inner circle, you know, all of it, it's just continually raising my expectation of what I believe is possible for me. So thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for sharing everything and all of those nuggets. I'm sure people are going to listen to this podcast episode a few times uh, (laughs) to be able to, I know I probably will, to just get all of the juiciness. And uh, so thank you, James. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate you having me on. No problem. I'll speak to you soon. Well, that is another episode of the Keeping Business Real podcast done and dusted. But make sure that you don't miss out on knowing when I release the next one. Be sure to become a subscriber over on your podcast app of choice and make sure to leave a review. I would love to know what you're thinking of the podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is head straight to lisacorduff.com. I have an amazing cheat sheet there waiting for you to help you overhaul your marketing mindset. Let's face it, sometimes the selling part of business is the part that feels most icky. I want to help you out and I want to help you grow your business in an authentic way that feels really, really good to you. LisaCorduff.com for your free cheat sheet and I'll see you in the next episode.